All right, great to have you on what is uh, turning out to be a pretty busy Monday. And um, you know the saying, the road to hell is often paid with good intentions. But I think a lot of people are asking the question, you know, what exactly were the intentions of the WE charity? And now that the dam has burst on the once golden child of the charity world, I think it's clearly unclear as to where the charity starts and then where the profit side takes over. And I was reading a Canada Land article over the weekend, and when you follow the dollar, it suggests that WE charity what, $60 million a year charity, yet only 8.67, 8.7 million has been confirmed to have been spent in other countries on international development in 2019. So the dollars don't really seem to add up. So is it a charity? Is it a business? And the more we learn, the worse it looks. But many of those who want to speak out are former employees. And they've got plenty of, you know, plenty to say, but they've been silenced because of non-disclosure agreements that stop them from revealing information they believe that the public has a right to know. And one of those voices belongs to James Powell. He is a former WE employee. Uh, good to have you with us, James. Thanks for having me here. You were one of those uh, online. You have been, you, you've been asking to be freed so that you can speak. And there are limitations on what you can say and what you'll be able to answer of my questions. But you do, and, and other employees, have something to say. Why do you want to speak out? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And uh, I'm speaking up now because as a lot of the news rolls out and we're reading the same things that you're reading, I'm challenged, frightened, and angered. And confused with all the stuff that is coming out, but I'm encouraged as I see other people sharing their stories and personal experiences that we, um, because I'm seeing I'm not the only one. And because of our confidentiality agreements and our NDAs, we're not allowed to use our voice. And I know that I was personally harmed uh, during my time at WE. And part of that healing process and going through recovery is sharing those stories. And it's not about sharing people's dirty laundry or anything like that. It's talking about what really happened and being able to process that trauma with other colleagues and other people that were involved. And that's what I'm looking to do. Okay. So let's go back just a little bit. You were hired by WE to be a, a big builder of the brand and their brand is enormous. That's why they're known worldwide. So the brand is everything to them. Was this uh, what you thought would be the dream job? Yeah, you know what? I was I joined We because I believed in the vision. And one of my mentors, he was a CEO. A CEO, I uh, used to work for Virgin Group, and he's on the board. Was on the board of what was then Free the Children. He introduced me to Mark and Craig, and was telling me everything that they were trying to build. And um, it did seem like the dream job. The the values uh, lined up, the money lined up. They also had the the sexy portion too with We Day and the celebrities and politicians and everyone involved. And so kind of looking at charity kind of stuff, I was like, well, I don't really know. But this had all of kind of the former stuff I did in advertising and branding with the values-based stuff. And I really believed in the words that I helped to write that formed the We Movement. And when we said things like, imagine the world where we empower everyone to be a force for change, where we bring people together to be stronger and make a deeper impact connecting, uniting, and building each other up. That's the world of we. And I believe those words when I wrote those with the team and that the money was great. And I was blown away by the personal welcome of the founders. And as I was working in another job and contemplating um, going over, was asked, hey, why don't you come and spend the holidays with us in Kenya? 
And this was the same type of trip experience that we're hearing some other people talk about uh, in the media this uh, in the last couple of weeks. And it was really an opportunity for me to see the the great work that Free the Children at that time, now We Charity, does on the ground in Kenya. And I was blown away with what I saw. Um, it was incredible to just be in that environment. One, it was my first time kind of being on safari and, and, and seeing that, connecting with other people and seeing the size and the scale of the facilities and the accommodations that they had there. And being able to meet with um, the families and kind of just understand what it was that they're trying to build. And it looked like a really good job. And so, and we'll get to those trips. What, when did you start to realize that things didn't necessarily add up? I mean, was there a turning point? Was there a moment when you just said, this is not what I thought it was? Well, you know what? And again, based on my NDA, I got to be very careful. I can't give any specific examples or talk negatively about um, anything that I experienced while I was there. But what I can say is that I was warned before I started. Um, people called me and uh, they told me everything that I ended up experiencing for myself. And when I was there on that first trip, I started to hear things and question things that made me uncomfortable and it started to cautiously ask questions. But when you're in environments like that um, and you're young and you want to make a difference and there's a great job there, um, I knew I was strong and talented and I knew I could brought, bring a lot of my experience to what they were building. And to be honest, when other people were calling and warning me, I just was saying, you know what, they're probably just bitter ex-employees. They don't have the same skills and experience and background that I have. And I let my ego get in the way of listening. And I told myself, I was stronger. And so there were warning signs going up to it. And as soon as I started, I started to see things that I was uncomfortable. And I started asking those questions right away and was told that, listen, we do things differently here. You just need to get more used to how we do things. And I guess my experience kind of taught me that, well, yes, there are way different ways of doing it. Um, and so stuff started coming up right away, um, and I started asking questions uh, right away as well. So when you hear stories, um, you know, of bullying or screaming and shouting by by the Kielbergers, who who would have been obviously the top uh, boss, are, do those ring true? So I, I won't comment on um, anything uh, regarding the Kielbergers, but what I do, um, and in my latest video when I was watching um, the comments about our governor general and seeing the things that her offers were claiming, um, that's what really empowered me to put up another video. Cause I'm like, if we were labeling the things in those reports as being a toxic or an unsafe work environment, then I knew that I needed to speak up. And I really agree with the, the words of our uh, prime minister when he says that Canadians deserve to be in a, a safe workplace. Um, and I wasn't, and that's why I went out and asked him, I'm like, will you help us? And when you said every Canadian has the right to a safe, secure workspace, free from harassment, that's an amazing statement, but what happens in workplaces today? And I understand that in 2021, there's going to be new anti-harassment regulations for federal workplaces, but what about everyone else? What happens today? And what happens to current and former employees at we? 
And I know that Justin was very involved with the work that we did at WE, and he was very helpful along with his wife um, in speaking and hosting the latest uh, WE Wellbeing podcast. And so I know they care a lot about the well-being of Canadians. And that's why I was asking, will you help to advocate and create a forum so that I can share my personal experiences without recourse or duress? Will you free the we? Um, yes. And was it a given? Was it just known that Justin Trudeau and the Trudeaus were very close to we? Were they just? Part, did it almost seem like they were part of the organization? You know what we? Um, I'll use brand language. We is a movement, and we come together, and we are stronger when we come together. And um, uh, I know that I personally um, met uh, Prime Minister Trudeau a number of times. Spent time with his mom, with his brother. Um, they were around, but a lot of people were around. And that was one of the great parts about working at WE is that global, like the royal family, global change makers, the Obamas, the Clinton, like everyone was involved. Um, and he and his family were a part of that too. Were you surprised to hear that they were paid these large sums of money that they were paid to, to be part of that? You know what? Again, I don't feel comfortable commenting on anything. I'm I'm scared with the with the NDA. Um, my understanding was that nobody got paid, but again, I don't want to um, share any information that would be considered confidential about the way that we work. Uh, there's so much curiosity about this particular organization because it's been so enormous, as you well know. You know, you mentioned names like Barack Obama. You've got uh, Jennifer Lopez. You got all these celebrities, the Trudeaus. Everybody around the world knows about we. They are so, you know, embedded in our culture, but more so in the area of our schools. And, you know, you've got the We Day charity events, you've got the kids getting involved, raising money, you've got the concerts. Um, and now you've got, you know, given the situation now with all the fallout, you've got the chair of the Toronto District School Board now calling for a review of the partnership. You've got big um, brand uh, ambassadors dropping out. You've got, you know, donors dropping out, big companies like RBC, Telus, you name it, they're dropping out. How much of a hit? How important was the school part um, of of you know the charity part with, with this organization? You know, I was very separate from that part. My me and my team were responsible for building the the brand, the framework, and how schools fit into that. What I can say is that um, schools and students—they're the holy grail. Um, you can't get to students for advertising purposes um, because of who they are. Uh, and I think that is one of the, the real main attractions for corporate partners is being able to talk to that really important um, segment. And we was able to, uh, able to facilitate that. And so from so You that, go into the school, I mean, I can just go into my child's school, which is a wee school and the posters are everywhere, everywhere. It's very obvious that we is a part of it, but, it, it either it's very subliminal, but there have been lots of people, myself included. The reason I'm not a big fan is I felt it was a bit of a cult, uh, seemed like a bit of an indoctrination. Um, is it fair to say that that the charity looked at the youth and those in schools as part of a, a platform, uh, you know, a, you know, a, a, I guess a target audience that could either mine data or or be indoctrinated to help? Like, how, how would you characterize that? 
Yeah, well, I would go back to how we got started and the story of Craig and 12 12-year-olds coming together to change the world. And the movement was based on that foundation. And so the power of numbers and youth do have a voice and you bring enough of them together and you partner with them on changing the world and then you bring other people in to help facilitate that change and it all makes sense. It's a it's a great proposition. It's a very captive audience. No question about it. And it's very influential. So it would be a big hit, I think, if the schools obviously pulled their uh, partnership with this. Um, these trips, I want to talk to you a little bit about. You know, you hear a guy like Bill Morneau, who's got more money than most of us can imagine, you know, was given a free wee trip. Um, you know, and if you're whipping out your checkbook to write off some expenses, I mean, are these lavish trips? Are these, I mean, it, it almost sounds like, um, you know, uh, poverty porn where you get a really wealthy group of people to go and see what the work is being done in the poor impoverished nation and then oh look at those poor people without the water it's there's something gross about it can you can you explain what these trips were like yeah you know what i won't comment on kind of like terms like poverty poverty porn or anything like that again i don't want to get into trouble um mm -hmm. it was an incredible experience in um speaking from my ability to go and spend time in uh, kenya and spend time in rajasthan they're trips of a lifetime. They're things that you would only experience if you are as fortunate and as privileged as I was once or twice in your lifetime. And we were able to provide that experience to so many people. Um, and I will, I'll leave it at that. Again, I don't want to get into trouble right. by exposing anything that's not out there publicly, but they were once in a lifetime opportunities. And, and certainly if you didn't have to pay for it, I mean, we came out and said that Mr. Morneau's trip was was given and that sometimes they give these gifts to wealthy donors, uh, you know, to, to, to I guess, I, I don't know, to get, bring awareness to it. And I think a lot of people, certainly those who run the penny campaigns and are earning money would start to wonder, is my money going to pay for rich people to travel or is it going to the cause of helping these impoverished nations? Yeah, and I think that's a good question. And again, I wasn't okay. privy to any of our um, finances or accounting, so I didn't uh, see how that would work. But I think that's a, a very fair question. Does any of what you're hearing now, as this kind of drips out, does anything of what you're hearing now surprise you? No. That was a quick answer. Um, the tentacles of this organization, were you aware that there were so many? There's We Charity, Me to We, Free to We, there's the foundation. Did you have any idea that there were that many arms to this particular organization? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, yes and no. Uh, I think some of the things that um, we've been learning and hearing this week have, or last week have been surprising, but I was brought in to understand what the foundation of um, the brand was and to design a system that would simplify that. And that's where we kind of created and named the We Movement. And you had We Charity on one side and you had Me to We, the social enterprise on the other. Um, and we developed the the words and the copy to help describe how those two things um, fund and help each other. James, what ultimately pushed you out or prompted you to leave uh, the organization? You know what, again, not being able to get into things, there were a number of things, but I will leave it at saying my insides didn't match my outsides. And what I can see looking back, and I've been on a significant journey since leaving We, but I was hurt mentally, emotionally, and physically during 
or not physically, sorry, justify that, um, psychologically during my time at WE. And, and it didn't, and it didn't end because once you left WE, I mean, you, you had a lot of inner demons that you had to deal with. Yeah. And I had to take significant mental health leave to process many of the experiences, uh, that I had during my time at WE. And I, I do see how exactly, as you said, trauma carries forward and it impacts personal relationships, families, careers, and my own mental, emotional, and uh, psychological health. And I know that I'm not the only one. And so that's why I think it is so very important that we get to share our stories. We get to process this so that we can move on. Did it drive you to substance abuse? I mean, what, what were the after effects? Yeah. And so one of the things in one of my videos I did open up um, and start to share, and there's there's shame in sharing this, um, significant um, substance abuse and process mm -hmm. addictions um, that started and really amped up during my time, uh, time at WE. And uh, I've been able to celebrate 12 months of sobriety this month uh, since leaving. Um, so I'm in a, a way different place uh, than I was there. Um, but I do see looking back that that's what happens when you don't get to share your experiences and when you start to swallow all of those feelings and emotions and you give up on yourself. Well, congratulations on, on your birthday, marking one of them at least. Thank you. Michelle Douglas is a, or was chair of the board of, um, of the WE um, charity. She resigned very suddenly in the spring and most of the board turned over very, very quickly. She is expected to testify tomorrow and I think she may be one of the most important voices we hear. I, would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I, I have no idea what Michelle is gonna say. I know exactly what everyone else um, has seen. All I can say is Michelle was one of the reasons why I started at WE. And seeing um, what she has done to help the LGBTQ community of which mm -hmm. I'm a part of um, and speaking up for what is right, I respect her. I respect the work that she does. Um, and I'm very curious to what she has to share um, with this as well. Well, I mean, she didn't say much, but it was almost what she didn't say that seemed to kind of raise eyebrows. It's just that she said, you know, she had to leave very suddenly because of things that she saw she did not necessarily uh, feel comfortable with. And so I guess we will learn uh, tomorrow what it is exactly that um, forced her and, and many others, obviously, to part company very quickly. If you, James, were asking a question of the Kilbergers, what do you think the question that needs to be asked? So I guess my personal question is, let's walk the talk, let us speak. And the things that we talk about in the We Wellbeing playbook on how to be well, let's, in other let, words. Yeah, go ahead. let's do that. And what is it that uh, you think is the most important thing that the public can learn from this? Um, again, it, we need to be free to be able to use our voice so that I can tell you that. Um, and it, it's very challenging to heal and be authentic and have your insides match your outsides when you're not allowed to speak. And where I get extremely frustrated is some of the public things that we is coming forward and saying is we're starting a listening tour. We want to hear from all 2,500 current and former employees. But the thing with listening is that people need to be able to talk. And when you see these things coming out, I want to see some action behind that. I want to feel safe and free to use my voice and to share my story.
Well, we will uh, tell your story happily if, in fact, that NDA does get removed. But I want to thank you, James, very much for uh, joining us um, with your perspective on this today. Thank you. That is James Powell joining us. And Michelle Douglas, if you're curious, she will be testifying tomorrow. I think she goes before the Kielberger brothers. Um, and I think it starts at around one o'clock. But her comments, she left because of concerning developments. What those are? Maybe she can shed light on that, so we will find out and hopefully have James on once again when he can actually talk. Uh, Alex Pearson here with you. Stay tuned. We'll talk with the doctor, and we'll talk about you know the number of cases, what we're seeing with these parties, and how much of a threat it is to a possible second wave. We will do that in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio.